Welcome into another episode of Locked on Phillies. And in today's episode, uh, we have a very interesting set of comments from Rob Thompson to break down. He had a chance to talk to select media again, so I'll give credit to where credit's due for the story that I'm reading this from. And he had some interesting things to say about how the Phillies could potentially win the NL East in 2024. So we'll break it all down on today's episode of Locked on Phillies. You are Locked on Phillies. Your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. Thank you so much for checking us out. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube, all that great stuff. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. So visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Go ahead and check out our friends there at FanDuel. So, I got to give a lot of credit for today's episode to Alex Coffey, who covers the Philadelphia Phillies for the Philadelphia Inquirer. If you're not familiar with her work in the Inquirer, she's an excellent baseball writer, uh, someone I talk to in the press box every once in a while, and uh, just a person who does a really great job at what she does. So go ahead and check out her work. The article that I'm referring to is titled, Rob Thompson Wants the Phillies to Get Off to a Strong Start. He has a few ideas on how to do it. It is by, again, Alex Coffey, and it's in the Inquirer. You can find it on Inquirer.com. So I just want to give full credit to the reporting. She does a wonderful job. And there are some interesting thoughts in here from Rob Thompson. Uh, and, of course, what it starts with is uh, how do the Phillies find a way to win the division? And Topper sat down with Alex Coffey, and he had a chance to talk about this type of stuff and uh, the route to the postseason that the Phillies have taken and the slow starts of the season and everything like that. And one of the keys to Topper's way of thinking, according to the article, is that slow starts are not acceptable. Like if you aim for the wild card, you're going to miss the playoffs is the mentality he takes. I, I might honestly disagree with him. Here's the fun thing, right? Because there's a different perspective from outside the clubhouse than there is inside the clubhouse. Inside the clubhouse, these guys, uh, the 26 men on the opening day roster, all the coaches, uh, the general manager, the president of the baseball operations, everybody, top to bottom in this organization, wants to go 162-0 and and then make a run to the World Series. Like, no one wants to go out and lose a game. No one's going out and not trying. Like, this is a motivated franchise that wants to win every single game. So that's their perspective. And that's why Rob Thompson talks about, well, we want to try and win the division. We're competing to win this. We think we're talented enough. And I get that. I do think the Philadelphia Phillies are talented enough to be in the conversation for the NL East this year. The Braves cannot continue their just stretch of dominance. They just naturally one or two of their top guys are going to have a regression year. Matt Olson had like an unbelievable year. Ronald Acuna had a career year. He was the MVP. Austin Riley had an unbelievable year. I mean, you've got so many guys on that team that just had unbelievable seasons all at the same time. And that 
isn't going to happen again. Now, I'm not saying the Braves are going to be bad. Like, they're going to be a very good team, and they're probably going to win right around 100 games again because they're a consistent juggernaut. But I don't think they'll be as untouchable as they were last year in the regular season, as we know. Uh, they were certainly not untouchable in the postseason as the Phillies knocked them off for the second straight year in a row. But my point is, I think the Phillies should be competing for the division. I think they should be going into this season saying, we can beat the Braves, we can catch them in the NL East. There's no reason we can't do that. It's going to take a strong start to the season, and we're going to talk about something coming up where Rob Thompson shared some ideas on things that could change during spring training to help the Phillies get off to a better start than they have the past two seasons. So we're going to discuss that coming up in our second segment. You're going to want to hear what you'll be looking for in spring training or what you'll be listening for in spring training. So more on that in a second, but here's my contention with the don't play for the wild card position. I firmly believe that one of the reasons the Braves have not had as much postseason success is they've won a hundred plus games in each of the past two years and they've had to fight to do it. Now, this last year seemed like it was a cakewalk. They were just crazy talented. But if you look at the number of games played for their top players, Olsen, Albies, Acuna, Riley, Harris, like short of the guys that had injuries, and there were a couple, but short of the guys that had injuries, they like to play their top guys basically every game. That's how uh, Brian Snicker, their manager, likes to employ his team. These guys are durable. They know they're capable of going out there and playing all 162 if they have to, and the manager wants them to. That's how the Braves run a a baseball organization, and clearly it's effective in the regular season. But in the postseason, it hasn't given them really anything in the past two years because they've had injuries. I think they've been worn out a little bit, and I think that playing for the wild card, while it doesn't seem like the smart strategy, it seems like you're giving up your – Uh, relinquishing any hope of winning the division. I think the fact that the Phillies have been more cautious, have gone to a six-man rotation at times, shut down Zach Wheeler in 2022 for like a month while they were trying to make the postseason, make sure he'd be ready when they did make the postseason. Moves like that have made sure that in October, red October, the Phillies are better than the Braves. They're healthier, they're more well-rested, all of that stuff. So while I want the Phillies to compete for the division, While I think they're talented enough to compete for the division, I'll ask you, you're a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies. You wouldn't be watching Locked on Phillies if you weren't a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies. So let me ask you this. Would you rather have the Braves' last two seasons or the Phillies' last two seasons? Would you rather have an NL East banner to hang or would you rather knock off the NL East champion in the postseason? have a longer run in October. I'd rather have the longer run in October. I don't care about winning the division. Winning the division doesn't do squat for me. Maybe you do. Maybe you feel differently. And I know there's folks out there that lose their minds when they see this baseball team struggle in the regular season. And for the past two years, I've urged you time and time again over the regular season to chill out, take a second, and let this team get their legs under them and see what they do in October. And both years – I'm not a big pat myself on the back guy, but I've been absolutely right. This team has found a way to win when it matters most. And while Rob Thompson is like, he can't take any other approach, right? They're too talented to not compete for the division. He can't say, well, we're comfortable with how we perform the past few years. That would be worse. Honestly, I'd be losing my mind saying, okay, well, 
I get it's worked, but you don't want to improve upon that. But my point is, I don't think they need to to have that level of success. Just because it's working doesn't mean it's guaranteed to work in the future. So that's why Rob Thompson and the Philadelphia Phillies want to improve upon their regular season and their standing in the division. That's why he's saying that he believes they have a shot to win the NL East. But if it's worked before, there's proof that it can work again. So you have to balance those two things, right? It's not a great way to live, always being in the wild card, but it gives you every opportunity that you need, and there may be certain advantages that come with it. So this is all stuff that the Philadelphia Phillies organization has evaluated, I'm sure. I just I know that Rob Thompson can't say, well, we're fine with the wild card, but I think the Philadelphia Phillies are fine with the wild card. And that's just me throwing that out there so that maybe for the third straight year in a row when the Philadelphia Phillies trail the Braves by five games in the division, six games in the division, we're not absolutely losing our minds when it comes to what this team has to do to have a successful postseason run. So that's just a little bit that I had on the comments of Rob Thompson about winning the division and competing with Atlanta and thinking that they're capable of doing that. And he talked about some of the things that Atlanta has added. And yeah, Atlanta's retooled. They've added some bullpen. They added Chris Sale. They added like, they're a good team and they're going to be a great team again. But the Philadelphia Phillies have the potential of being a great team if they fix a couple things early on. Things like Bryce Harper didn't play until May. He's going to play this year. Ranger Suarez has been missing in free or in free agency in spring training. He should be healthy. Not having Reese Hoskins when you expect to have Reese Hoskins due to the torn ACL. Like all this stuff changes things. And the World Baseball Classic was last year. These are all things that we're going to uh, continue to break down as we look at the Phillies' potential for being different this year, better than last year. But it starts with the mindset, and clearly the mindset for the Phillies is to win the division. Coming up next, we're going to discuss some things that could be changing in spring training for the Philadelphia Phillies, according to manager Rob Thompson in this article I'm referring to by Alex Coffey in the Philadelphia Inquirer. You should definitely go ahead and check out her work. She does amazing work, amazing work. But we'll talk about what Topper had to say about some spring training changes that could be potentially coming to Clearwater in 2024 as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Let me tell you about FanDuel first, though because this is great. The NFL regular season is over. The postseason's here. We're getting even closer to the big game. And there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers, you're going to get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Not when you win it. No, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app's super easy to use. And there are a bunch of different ways to bet. So they have live same-game parlays. It's very rare that you see the ability to parlay stuff in the middle of a game. FanDuel does it. That's awesome. You can find bets in the new Explore tab. If you want to see what's out there, they've got an easy way to find it. The interface on the app is perfect for it. And you can also make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, or you can go to the Parlay Hub and look at other popular parlays that other users have made and say, hmm, I actually like that thinking. I would have never thought of that, but seeing it listed out here, let's bet it chance to win money and there's even more you can bet money line spread over under all that great stuff so visit fandle.com slash locked on and you can make your first bet in absolute layup fandle official partner of the nfl 
Let's talk about some spring training changes. So Rob Thompson was asked by Alex Coffey about the strategies to have a better start to the season. Under Joe Girardi in 2022, the Phillies had a terrible start. Under Rob Thompson in 2023, the Philadelphia Phillies had a terrible start. They don't really get going until June, and then they play like they're the best baseball team on the planet. So you know it would be great if they just did that from Jump Street. They'd probably win 105 games and win the division. Like That is how well they played from June on the past two seasons. So how do you get to that point? What do you need to work on? Well, it starts with preparation. And for baseball teams, preparation is spring training. And Rob Thompson says, and I quote from the article, I think the first thing is at bats. And Trey, Schwarber, JT will get more at bats than they did last year because they're not going to the World Baseball Classic. But do we need to get them some more at bats during spring training games? Send them over to the complex and get them player development at bats when they're not playing? We've done that before, but are we doing it enough? And the quote continues, during big league games, they're allowed to go across to the complex and play in those games just to get at bats. They don't even have to play the field. They can get in the bat every inning if they want to. Um, and it just rolled me out. There's an here. Um, they can get in the bat every inning if they want to. And now we have this traject machine. They can get at bats there too, which I assume is just going to be like this advanced pitching machine that gives you the opportunity to throw different pitches and track at bats and stuff like that. So that is the first thing Rob Thompson was brought up, had brought up when he was asked about things that they can change in spring training. It sounds like they want to get more in-game at-bats or in-game type of experience for guys like JT and Trey Turner and Kyle Schwarber who have had slower starts to seasons. Schwarber doesn't get warmed up until June. Well, get him a bunch of bats in spring training. It'll feel like June when you get to May. That'd be nice. Uh, Trey Turner had a slow start to the year. I don't know if it was World Baseball Classic related. I don't know if it was pressure related. I don't know what it was. Like, I don't know how still to define what happened with Trey Turner. But I know it happened, and I know it wasn't good. So the more at-bats for him, the better. And J. Tiramuto, he's the only one that I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want him to have more at-bats. I almost want J. Tiramuto to sit on the beach in a chair with a pina colada and just hang out rest those knees because he's going to be used a lot during the regular season. I want him to remain healthy because without JT, Garrett Stubbs is not a great backup. Like if Bryce Harper goes down, Derek Hall can play there. If Bryson Stott or Trey Turner go down, Edmundo Sosa can play there. If Alec Bohm goes down, Edmundo Sosa can play there. You've got a guy that's versatile for the infield like that, that you kind of trust. And then in the outfield, I mean, my hope is that you add somebody, but if Marsh, Castellanos or Rojas go down. You could play Schwarber out there, terrible defensively, but knows what he's doing. Or you could play uh, Pache. You could play Jake Cave. I mean, they've done that in the past, and they've survived it. It's not ideal, but they can survive all of those. I think all of those are better options than what you have with Garrett Stubbs backing up JT Romito at catcher. I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. So I want JT to be healthy. That's a little aside of – Make sure health is the priority because losing Reese Hoskins in spring training, it was a freak thing. Like It was this weird chopper to first base that he tried to go back on that blew out his knee. Like That just doesn't happen. So uh, I'm not saying the Phillies didn't protect Reese Hoskins, not at all. But be cognizant of keeping these guys healthy. But the more bats thing is interesting, especially for veteran players. Notice who Rob Thompson named. J.T. Romito, Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner. 
those are all multi-year vets at the Major League Baseball level. Those are all guys that are all MLB-level talents. They're top of their position, top of the game. And Rob Thompson wants to get them more bats, which is interesting to me. It's not younger players like Boehm and Stott and Marsh. But I guess naturally you're forced to get those guys at bats. I think there's this issue with veterans in spring training where you want to do what I was just talking about. Let them sit on the beach and sip a pina colada and get stretched out for the season, but don't use them too much because you got 162 games to worry about. Now with this new technology and the ability to get them into the developmental games, uh, you've got a chance to get them much more live at bat type of work, live at bat simulation work. Not, not so much in a game, don't have to play the field, but you can go get live at bats in the developmental games of spring training that are being played with the guys who are not part of the uh, the roster that's being played in the game that's ongoing. Like they'll have multiple squads worth of players. That's why sometimes you'll see in spring training, they'll have the home game the same time as an away game. You have to have enough to field those, but sometimes you'll have just the home game. And then some of those players will play in developmental games and you can just get guys at bats over there. So very similar to spring training, utilizing that's very smart. Uh, the way spring training is developed, they figured out just about everything that you need to figure out when it comes to keeping these players healthy, getting them ready for the season. Last year was just weird because of the World Baseball Classic. And that feeds over to the pitchers as well, specifically Ranger Suarez, who hasn't been healthy for years in spring training, it seems, or available in spring training for years. Uh, had a lot of issues when it came to his forearm this past year. And that stemmed from the World Baseball Classic the year before. It was visa issues. So I don't really blame Ranger Suarez, but he's a guy, too, that you want to be careful with. He's going to be a big part of this team. So that's very interesting as far as the main change in spring training uh, is going to be more at-bats. And he also talked about, Rob Thompson talked about in this article with Alex Coffey, uh, work with the relievers and maybe altering the work the relievers do in spring training or at least making sure they get these things done. So I want you to think about this when you're watching spring training. It comes up in just 20 days, 19 days. We're right around the corner from when pitchers and catchers report. But relievers all do back-to-back -back games in spring training. They all throw in uh, situations where they throw one-plus innings. So they're going to go more than their typical inning of work. Uh, they all have what Rob Thompson calls a dirty in it, which is you come in with runners on base. So you try to do that, Rob Thompson says, in Major League Spring training games and not necessarily minor league games because there's a lot less adrenaline. So you get to work on some things and make sure that you're in a situation where you don't have to worry as much about the actual result. It's getting your feet wet. Um, and – Rob Thompson went on to say he plans to run the last five to seven games of spring training, just like a regular season game. So Rob Thompson's X factor, what he was always great at, what he did with the Yankees for years, what he did with the Phillies for years, he was spring training guru. He was the guy that knew how to do this, which is kind of strange that last year was such a slow start because he's supposed to be the guy that knows how to run this stuff to a T. But if these are the changes that Rob Thompson wants to make or the things that he wants to focus on more, this is his area of expertise. This is what he always did at the major league level. He was the one who always built out the schedule for spring training, knows exactly where people are supposed to be and how to do this at a high level. I have faith in Rob Thompson to get the Phillies off to a better start this year. And coming up, we're going to just take out some positives of what Rob Thompson had to say 
as it was a lengthy article, there's still more to get into. So we'll continue that as we wrap up Locked on Phillies. So here's some positive things, right? And it kind of goes back to what I was talking about with the guys that are responsible or were responsible for getting off to a slow start in 2023. So you look at the situations that led to the slow start for the Phillies. It was Rob Thompson's first full year as a manager. I know he had the team running when he took over in June of last year. June of two years ago now, I guess we'll call it, just to be correct. June of 2022. Uh, but it's different to start from scratch and have new players and trying to figure out a lineup and not have the data you already had when you took over midseason. So that's part of the issue. Now he has some experience doing that as a major league manager for the first time. This is his second full season as manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. So maybe we'll see growth in the way he handles that and spring training and everything from there. I have faith in him to make the adjustments necessary, but also I ran through this earlier, but Bryce Harper, he didn't play until when was it? Uh, May. Yeah. Uh, didn't play until May coming back from Tommy John surgery. Ranger Suarez missed like a month or two. I'm, I don't know. He missed a lot of time in the regular season. They missed a lot at the start of the regular season with forearm tightness or soreness or whatever it was, an issue with his forearm from the World Baseball Classic. Trey Turner played his worst couple months of baseball in his entire career. Kyle Schwarber started off incredibly slow. J.T. Romito had a major slump. Um, Andrew Painter, who the Phillies thought could maybe break into the rotation at the major league level, blew out his elbow and needed Tommy John. Reese Hoskins blew out his knee, tore his ACL, done for the season. And you might say, like, oh, Andrew Painter, whatever. Like, he, he was not on the team the year before. Why are you counting? When you go into a season expecting someone to contribute, whether they have contributed before or not, and then your plans change, that makes things more difficult. Even if you thought, well, maybe he will, maybe he won't. You have contingencies for if Andrew Painter would have made the major league roster for opening day 2023. You think about those things. You discuss those things. Those are meetings that could be spent discussing other things. And yet, Andrew Painter, talented enough that they were thinking about that. And then he blows out his elbow and you're like, okay, great. We have to reevaluate what our backup plans are, what our replacement plan for that is. If we thought he was going to be on the major league roster, who's going to fill that spot? Reese Hoskins, we got to replace him. Derek Hall, uh, maybe someone else, Cody Clemens, like those types of things really set the Philadelphia Phillies back. You can argue that they had a difficult spring training last year, and a lot of teams did because of the World Baseball Classic, but you lost a starter to a season-ending injury in spring training. You lost a starting pitcher to a forearm injury, your number three starter, uh, that caused them to miss a month of the season. Your biggest offseason acquisition was in the World Baseball Classic and was tearing it up, Trey Turner, Captain America, but uh, came back and couldn't really get his footing. He had one of the worst starts to a season for someone at that pay grade in the history of baseball. Like he just was miserably bad. There were a lot of things that went bad at the same time at the start of the season for the Philadelphia Phillies. And then when things clicked, you saw how good they can be. 2022, I think Joe Girardi was not good enough to manage this team. Rob Thompson took over. He got them to where they needed to be based on their skill level. 2023, I legitimately think this team was just unlucky with the way the season started. And then they picked it up and they got on a roll. And I know how it ended, but they were as talented as any team in baseball down the stretch. 2024, it's time to put it all together. You have the manager, you have the players in place, you have the rotation in place. 
I know the NL has gotten harder with the Dodgers, what they've been doing and the Braves retooling. But my positive thoughts are when Rob Thompson talks about like all the things that they had to struggle with last year to start the season, there will be things to struggle with to start this year. There always are. That's baseball, that's sports. But if it's less than what you dealt with last year, they might have a chance to put it all together. And again, if they play like how they played on <laughs> from June on the past two years, they're going to be an unbelievable baseball team. That's all for today's episode of Locked on Phillies. Thank you so much for checking us out. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing, subscribing to the YouTube. That really helps us out. It gets you new notifications when new episodes are posted. Uh, and we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I just want to give a thank you again to Alex Coffey, who wrote that wonderful article, sat with Rob Thompson. I want to give her as much credit as possible. I'm reacting to the work that she did, so uh, top credit goes to her. And appreciate everyone who covers the Phillies in the city of Philadelphia. Plenty more to get into this week about the Philadelphia Phillies. Some more episodes coming, but that's all for today's episode. So I'll talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked on Phillies.